You're listening to The Self-Worth Circle, hosted by Julie Haxel and Eva Eslander. We are here to remind you to raise your self-worth and wear your invisible crown. It's time. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Self-Worth Circle. I'm Julia, and today I'm sitting on Zoom with my dear friend Haley Withers, who is a yoga teacher and an embodiment coach. Big welcome, Haley! Yay! Hello! <laughs> How are you? Yeah, doing good. The sun is coming through right now, which is actually heaven, um, winter sun. So happy to be here. Today. Yay! Do you want to tell our listeners where you are based right now? Yeah, so I'm currently based in North Wales, um, nestled between the ocean and the mountains. That's quite magical. But I'm originally from the States by way of a thousand different countries, really. <laughs> <laughs> you lived like almost everywhere from what I know, at least. So a little bit of background, we met, or me and Haley met, um, is it going to be like three years ago? Four? Five? Four, maybe. Four? I think it's going to be, yeah, it's four years ago. Yeah, 2017. God, wow. Yeah, we met on a yoga teacher training in Goa four years ago. And uh, yeah, instantly connected over, you know, dogs and doll. (laughs) A lot of dates. Yeah, dates. Oh my god, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and uh, well, she's visited us here in Helsinki. And if you're a Finnish yogi who's listening to this, you probably you you have maybe gone to her class at Saga Yogas uh, once or twice. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, anyways, back to you. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about? Uh, your background, maybe how you grew up and so forth. Just a little bit about yourself, just like casual. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so I actually grew up in Texas, which is a little known fact, but I've decided I'd just step into the role. Um, Yeah, really, really basic childhood, really, but great childhood. (laughs) And I... Yeah, I guess since this is a bit about yoga and stuff, I got into yoga around 16, kind of through some personal personal things, a lot lack of self-worth, I think, a lack of just connection to self. And um, yeah, really quite interesting pathway into it. I was a massive, massive runner. I was running like half marathons every day and so fully disconnected from my body, but still really, really physical. Um, and yoga was really just another way for me to move my body. And then it really has obviously become my life, which is just so interesting. I think to watch how people enter into the space. Um, it always reminds me, I had a teacher who's like, you just let yoga do the yoga. <clears throat> and it's so true how you step into it from one perspective and then the yoga does the yoga and here we are. Um, but yeah, so after that, I moved to to Montreal in Canada for university. And that's where I really, really started to dive into the practice. Um, maybe it was an escape from the cold or from university life. But I started volunteering at a yoga studio and got super interested in kind of taking the practice a little bit further. Um, 
And that's when I decided to go do my teacher training. And since in? then, yeah. And since then, I spent... your first training? Sorry? Where did you do your first training? Was it Bali also? No? No, I did it in Goa, actually, as well. So I did both, well, two of my trainings in Goa. <laughs> um that was a great experience met loads of incredible people and then just kind of all all fell into place from there I started traveling I spent the last 10 or so years traveling everywhere from South America to Australia and back again um and just fully fully in the flow I think I just got a few I guess you could say lucky breaks or manifested breaks or however you want to look at them where my path to teaching just kind of became clear without like forcing or pushing and in all honesty I didn't ever really want to teach but <laughs> um yeah that's where I kind of am now I am recently recently married which is just crazy pandemic marriage and uh yeah teaching pretty much full-time on zoom and i have just started kind of stepping into the role of an embodiment coach which is a whole nother journey which i'm sure julia and i will chat about in this but yeah that's kind of it that's amazing <laughs> and i didn't know you used to be a runner it's really interesting to you know kind of see your journey from a very you know running I see as really something very mas masculine and then um at least from how I've always known you your 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 kind of yoga like the type of yoga you teach and practice is very feminine and you know wavy and free and now you're stepping into even more like more of that um more of that wisdom so it's really it's a beautiful process too too observe and we definitely want to hear more about your embodiment program um <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about yourself we did chat about it a little bit before we started this episode but um how did it start and when did you decide to go ahead and do it because i know that you you you've been creating it for a very for a long time it's been it's been yeah sitting there waiting to be born. <laughs> <laughs> It's finally been birthed. Um, yeah, quite funny that you said that about kind of from the masculine to the feminine, which I think is completely my whole journey. And that's where this like program was birthed out of because um, it's definitely been like a long journey home to myself, let's say. Um, from this super super disconnected like a true hatred of my body and a true hatred of everything that I was and there was no there was just no connection there I so clearly remember like in my teens and even my early 20s of like kind of sometimes feeling like I was looking down and watching myself live um but having no no clue really what I was doing or had absolutely no clue how to be in my body um which is just shocking but also I think so many people resonate with with that concept um and yeah so my pathway to kind of 
introducing this course has been from a more traditional, you know, the Ashtanga yoga vinyasa type situation, which I still feel is really that masculine yoga, but then starting to study and practice with teachers who brought in that nonlinear, that more embodied way of moving. And through movement, I was able to come home to my body and stepping into embodiment coaching and my wild woman pack is all about coming home to the body through the body, but also doing that like side work of, of reclaiming the shadow of, you know, playing with the inner child of really entering into your story and becoming a conscious creator of your story rather than somebody who, who is watching their life from above. Um, and the pathway to get there was definitely my own personal journey. And then I had this idea. I mean, I've spoken to you about it before, probably two years ago, maybe. And, but even the pathway from like the conception of the idea to the birth of the idea was a process of being like, actually, no, you can step into your worth. You, you are knowledgeable enough, like trust your knowing, trust your intuition. Um, so yeah, stepping into that was quite big and so exciting. And we're in the first round of it right now. And it's just been incredible to even watch the transformation in the first four weeks of it. Like, wow, just so incredible. I'm so stoked on it. <laughs> Sounds absolutely incredible. Um, I'm sure. And this is for women especially, right? Yeah. So it's the Wild Woman Pack and it's an eight week group coaching container program, however you want to look at it. And it's really all about reclaiming your wild is what I like to say. And we do a whole thing at the beginning about defining your wild because that is most of the process for me is redefining words and allowing the embodiment of the words to start to play out in your life. Um, so it's been quite funny because there's like a couple of girls who are like, is it weird that my wild is to just like be wild in my own quietness or in my own introvert? And I'm like, yeah, but that is like a wild acceptance of all of you is what, is what we're kind of working towards and trying and stepping into and embodying, I guess. That's beautiful. Really kind of reframing words and I mean, yeah. Um, for a woman who's curious about this work, um, but who might feel a little bit intimidated by, you know, um, sensing into the body and coming into their wild side, what do you, do you have any like easier, ways of tapping in just by yourself at home or how do you, how do, how, what does your, how do your, you know, your own embodiment practice look like? I guess that was like two questions <laughs> Tip for someone who wants to start their own, um, like embodiment practice, but doesn't know how and they're intimidated. And then how does your own practice look like right now? I know it probably lives like, you know, the seasons, yeah. but a bit in the flow um yeah okay so first question where to start so there's a few like parts to this i think 
actually at the moment we're in such an incredible time that there are so many great teachers that you're able to practice with online uh julia is one of those teachers <laughs> what wink wink and you wink wink check out her program <laughs> um but an embodied movement practice i do believe is probably one of the greatest ways because our body is our ultimate teacher and it is our story holder and it's also the creative of our story. And so I think one of my personal favorite ways I like to invite everyone into this practice is what I call and what everyone should call the daily dance practice. And so my favorite way to start to drop into the body and just start to tap into that like wild wisdom, that wild intelligence that we all hold is to move your body, like move it, how it wants to move. So that might take the form of like, you know, putting on your song, take a moment, close your eyes, you know, feel your feet on the floor, feel something really tangible. Um, you know, you can get really woo woo with this stuff, but like touch, touch your skin, touch, touch the floor, touch the walls, bring yourself into a space and then start to move from that place. And you might kind of, you might move like you're kind of told to move, but through time and through practice, you start to drop these ideas and these, I can't think of any words right now. Um, you start to drop the conditioning around how you're supposed to move. And in turn, when you start dropping conditioning around how you're supposed to move, then you start to drop into <clears throat> conditionings that you have around other things. And so it's all a practice of coming home to the body through the body. So rewriting your story through the body. Um, so yeah, daily dance practice, one song every single day, ideally in the morning before you've had your coffee and before you've had time to think too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I fully agree. And like, I know at least from my own personal pers perspective as a like yoga student and teacher, it was super hard in the beginning to, you know, move freely because you're so programmed to always go into, you know, a posture and being kind of, or trying to fit in, in a way, you know, trying to fit into the posture rather than really feeling how the body wants to express itself. So that's a beautiful tip, you know, just like, even just like that one song to, go wild <laughs> and like i mean as you said already also you can start like you, you might start with following a specific pattern or you know even asana if it like if it feels more safe but i don't know <laughs> dancing is 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 a great way i think also i need to do that tomorrow i'll let you know how it feels. <laughs> Please do. I love receiving these messages. Um. <laughs> and then, um, so this is something that you practice. Do you have any other personal practices in, you know, or rituals um, in the morning that you follow or? Yeah. Um, I try not to be too masculine in my way of creating ritual because I think sometimes a ritual can become another like check on the checklist and then it's not it's not as potent as it is when you kind of allow it to unfold um I mean well, I'm fully I fully believe in the power of habits and stuff and I do believe that starts to create but 
Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm interrupting, but I fully, fully agree with that because I feel like, um, you know, a ritual should also be led by the intuition. And if we always do the same, that kind of takes away the power of it. Yeah. hundred percent. This is from like a really recent like uh, thought, I guess, or a thing I've been playing with because I think it's so easy to get so obsessive and it might be a personality trait of mine, but to be like, okay, well, I have to have, you know, my lemon water and then I have to do this, 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 and this. And then it's like, it's no longer intuitive. I'm no longer using that time to tap into myself. So I do have like a daily movement practice, which can range from just one song of dance to a lead class by, by a teacher I like, or to intuitive movement. There's always movement. It could be a walk. There's always movement of some kind. There's just a lot of ways that it could take form. Um, morning pages. So like three pages, well, three we start. Sometimes there's like 20 pages of just freehand um, brain birth, essentially. Just stream of consciousness writing, which that's another great practice if you don't even want to start with dancing. Journaling can be a really great way to start to to drop into your intuition, I think. I'm not sure if you've had that experience, but I think. I feel like it's, yeah, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant way also to, you know, you need to, of course, like set the intention, but I feel like it's my way of communicating to spirit. Like really, that's like, when I look at what I've written after, I'm like, holy shit, that's like not me. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> But yeah. it can also be like just a great outlet for, you know, things that you want to, as you said, I like the brain barf. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. There's so much of it as well. I'm like, God, this is awful. It's like a purge, like a proper purge, but also amazing. <laughs> so good. You feel lighter after, so. 100%. And I love the practice as well because it's not something that you write to be beautiful or something that you write to share or even that you write to look back at again. It's purely just to like get stuff out to interact with things that you haven't interacted with yet. And then you leave them and they can be left. <laughs> right. It's like your own personal therapy outlet. I've also started, by the way, I have to mention this. Um, I think I started during the summer. I do, instead of like journaling, I do like voice memos on the phone and it's like talk. It's like, it's like so amazing. Oh, such a great practice. Just like talk to yourself. <laughs> I never go back and listen. It's like, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> Can you tell that we're both introverts? Um. <laughs> yeah. But back to you and back to the feminine. Um, I really want us to step into, you know, the, the moon cycle uh, for us women and how, how we can, you know, connect and like even manifest and like all these amazing things that you can do with your own cycle. Can we please jump into that and talk about that? Because I know that that's something also that you get lit up about. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely obsessed with it. I think my husband is so sick of hearing me talk about it, but, um, uh, but that's like, I think it's part of it. Yeah. It's like menstrual cups ever know. <laughs> I need to respect him also, but sometimes you just need to be your own wild bloody self. Yeah. You've got to invite them in. I mean, men should be invited into the cycle, I think really. But yeah, I'm going to let you speak about the manifestation part of it because I know that you are like manifestation goddess. Um, But yeah, the moon cycle is just, I think truly, truly, truly believe this is like, this is where your power lies as a woman. And even if you're not bleeding, I will give that point. If you're not bleeding, you can still connect here with the moon cycle. And I'll explain how as we chat about it, but this is for everyone. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, where to even begin? Where do we start? Where do we start? Do we start um, from like, I don't know, day one when the period starts? Yeah, we'll start with the bleed. So, the bleed is an ama- amazing, amazing time. Um, and I know, I think here, we're going to back up for a second. I think the reason that I've started to really dive into this is that this is something that we deal with, we'll say as women from, you know, what is it? Age 14, age 15, whenever you start to, you know, like age 50, like that is a long, long chunk of your life. And we are taught that, First of all, we're only taught that a period is a period. It's five days and that's when you bleed. And we don't learn about, you know, everything else that happens. And we're basically taught from day one that this is a painful time. This is a time to be embarrassed about. Um, And this is just something that is really annoying that you have to deal with once a month for pretty much most of your life. And instead... I want to start to reframe that and really, especially like for the next generation, start to be like, imagine if every woman harnessed that power and stepped into that power, like what would the world look like? Amazing. So yeah, day one is the first day. Before, before, can I ask you one more question before we fully dive into this? How has your own relationship with your period been like, you know, when you were younger and so forth? Because for me, I was that girl who was embarrassed about it. I did not want to talk about it, even with my friends. Like I do, I remember I had friends who were like always like, oh, I'm on my period, like really embracing it. I was always like, no, don't talk about it like I can't I was so it was like there was like a lot of triggers around it for me which is really interesting uh, and I've had to work with that a lot but how was it for you exact same um I mean I remember the day that I started I bawled like I was so mortified and I had something in my head where I'm not sure where I heard this or, you know, what it was, but that like when you started your period, it was because you were fat. And so I had this idea that I had started my period because I was, although I was like, I think 14 or 15, I mean, like (laughs) you're already quite late. Um, And so I had that idea and I just cried. And I remember like, yeah, I "I don't want to be a woman. This is the worst thing ever. Um, So yeah. And same thing. I think I, I didn't even want to like have to bring 
menstrual products to to school. So sometimes I'd just use toilet paper because I was so embarrassed. Like just ridiculous. I have to also mention I hid my period from like everyone in my life for like I think at least six months and I would like you know really wrap my pads into toilet paper and like hide everything every single like sign of it and like I would throw out any underwear who would like be rude like uh, the ones that because my mom used to still do the laundry so I didn't want her to even know which is like how insane is that like just hiding everything just from everyone like my heart so, yeah back to you but no this is like really good like I think starting to think back to that first bleed especially um is so important and I think a really cool practice to do as well I'm not sure if you've done this is to rewrite how like rewrite that story. Like how would you have liked it to look? Um, what support would you have liked to have? Um, which can be, I think really therapeutic. And also again, for the future generation, like as even if you don't have kids, but still just like having that open conversation about, about, about the bleed. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, yeah. So periods, cycles, First things first, it is a cycle and every part of the cycle plays a really massive part. <laughs> um, so day one is day one of your bleed, like your first proper, first pro proper blood, um, not the spotting before if you do spot. Um, and this coincides with the new moon. So if you're not bleeding or you're on some kind of hormonal birth control where you don't have um, an actual like hormonal bleed, then you can go with the moon or you can go with, with your blood. This is an incredible time to like go into your cave. Like this is when you create the space for you to be with yourself. Um, it's a really powerful place to start to dream, to get the downloads, to kind of, I'm not sure how you experience, but like kind of your closest connection to like spirit world or to your, to your guides, to your source, whatever you want to say, however you view them. And it's definitely, I think, I personally get the feeling like I, I need to be away from people. And although we can't always accommodate that in our life, what we start to do is when you start to work with your cycle, you can start to like carve out just little times, like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, maybe a morning or a bath or any of these times that you can be with and like simmer in yourself, be with your blood, be with, be with all of you, like all of it. Um, and I think it is quite a powerful time for manifesting, right? Yeah, I feel like both, uh, for me, both my, during my like uh, bleeding and during my, oh my God, what's it called in English? Ovulation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Both of these are really powerful for me because I've found it sometimes, like it depends fully on my, on my cycle. Sometimes it is easier for me to, you know, um, be in my flow and manifest during the time that I bleed. Many say though, that it's during like, you know, because also I happen to be fully synced with the moon. So I do have my period the day after a new moon and I ovulate during full moon. So like, um, happens to be like that, but 
I think it goes both ways. And I don't, I'm not saying that you cannot manifest if you're not on your period or ovulating, not, but it can be like, you can enhance the power behind it definitely. And, you know, blood is so powerful, especially if you, you know, you work on releasing something or even just like if you work with the elements I have my my mother's cousin she introduced this like the blood offering back to nature um, a few years back and it's if you have the opportunity to do that do that I find it really hard though in the city like I'm not gonna walk around with my with my blood <laughs> in a cup <laughs> but um yeah um, so that's something I practice more during summers when I'm the, at the summer cottage, but manifesting definitely. I, I feel like I'm more clear for some reason during my bleed, um, rather than when I'm ovulating. So manifesting happens more effortlessly then, but it's usually like towards day three because day one and day two are like really those like hermit mode days for me. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Oh, definitely. Although day one for me is always like a super release because I think my, my premenstrual, like my cycle is really long. It's like 37 or 38 days. Um, and so like my premenstrual cycle though is like not cycle, premenstrual time is so long. And like for me, day one is like a sweet release. And so it's really like, wow, I feel free. I feel empty. I feel great. And then day two is my like enter into full on hermit mode. And then yeah, day three, day four is when I'm like, okay, I can like now harness this power. Yeah. So then we move from the actual bleed into inner spring or kind of like the pre-ovulatory phase, which all of this is fully what I'm speaking on is based on my experience. And this is what starts to come through as you explore it. Um, there's no one way is a right way, but for me, spring, the first few days I think are, I would say tender, like coming out of the bleeding, coming back into the world. Like there's a bit of like a, wow, I, I don't know what to do with this new energy. <laughs> um, this is a really great time to get creative so you can still kind of stay in your like inner realms, but you can start to like use your hand. You're a little bit more active. Um, and then as you get more towards the end of spring, beginning of summer, beginning of your ovulation, like that's when you really start to like put things into action. I would say that's like the height of your masculine energy is kind of your ovulation period when you're like, God, I have so many ideas. I want to see all the people. I'm the sexiest thing on the planet. And my God, I'm so hot. Um, do you have that at ovulation as well? Oh my God. Yes. 100%. Oh my like, God. Like it's so ridiculous. And like, I feel like um, my, my face does change. Like I, I need to do that. Like take a picture, you know, during my bleed, during my, uh, pre ovulation, ovulation. And then, um, what's it called? The, yeah. Premenstrual. What, what's the fancy word? Like full, full. Oh, follicular. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is that? Do you know? Oh my God, I always get these two confused. Okay. I always just use the seasons. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, it's it's insane what the body does with the hormones. Like if you follow it, it looks so cool. 
But I also feel like the ovulation is a place for me where I am, you know, a little bit like all over the place. And I spell like I spell out the energy almost because it's like too much um, sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ovulation, I think, is a weird one because I think we're also sold that we're supposed to love it because it's kind of in line with the energy of the world. But yeah, sometimes it's it's too much. And I think like on a spectrum, I definitely am like higher on like feminine energy than masculine energy just in my natural state of being. And so I think sometimes that full-on masculine energy is like, Okay, besides the fact of like feeling really hot, like I absolutely love that part of it because it, wow, I mean, who doesn't want to feel really hot? But yeah, the, the doing and the going and, and there's also an intense desire in me to like be with people and yeah, which, which is really weird because that doesn't happen very often. But, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, ovulation, that's, that's an interesting one. And it's not just ovulation because obviously ovulation is only one day, but it's kind of the, like the few days on either side is that heavily masculine energy. And then, and then we start to dive back down into the cave and this would be autumn, inner autumn, which is a really, really interesting phase. And I think it's incredible because you really can harness the power, but until you become aware of it, for me personally anyway, this was always like, I mean, just that war with myself. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is like the phase where your inner critic is the loudest. And so it can be incredible in that you can really use this time, like if you're doing any shadow work, any inner child work, any of this kind of stuff, this is the time to do it and to dive in because you really have that voice that is like, I'm not putting up with any of your bullshit right now. Like this is what needs to change or else I'm going to be loud for a whole month. Um, so this is kind of the time that you can reflect. You can, if you set any goals or any intentions during your, during your last period, your last bleed, this is the time to kind of check in, okay, where did I go wrong? What did I do right? Um, that kind of thing in life. It's a great time to do like finances, any kind of back-end business stuff, anything that you need like a really keen eye for. Inner autumn is your time, like before you bleed. Um, I've also found that it can be, it can actually be really relieving because once you know that you have this inner critic and it's really loud during this time, you're able to just kind of look up and be like, can you shut up for a moment? Like, I get it. I get it. You think I'm awful and this, this, that, and the other, but, but I'm not. And you're able to kind of stand up to it more. Do you know what's your experience with it? I feel like for me, I've started to look at um, like each phase as, I don't know, it has like a, almost like, a person to it and it's like you know when I'm ovulating I'm like yeah but this is also like just that you know almost like just the shade of me like mm. it feels like you have or I have many personalities and it depends on where I'm at in my cycle and you know well I'm rambling um what was your question again the how it how the premenstrual yeah 
feels. Yeah, I, well, it's that time when, yeah, I'm starting, it feels like a landing. And I also start to like prepare, mm-hmm. uh, like my body wants more food, like really a lot of food and well, that's okay. So I, I, I noticed like, I, I also want to, usually I want to rest more and not to, you know, see people and um, just preparing for that bleed again. And so usually like for me, if I have any, like, um, I don't know, my, my hormone swings usually comes before my, my bleed. And then like day one, day two can be slightly painful sometimes. And then during like three, four, five, I'm fully okay. And I'm like ready to like, I can do, which how. I'm again rambling, but I need to ask you one thing. How about, do you, do you work out? Do you have like specific workout or do you follow, you know, a workout plan specifically accustomed to your cycle or how do you, how do you look at it? Because I don't, my body doesn't agree with being still during my bleed. I need to sometimes move a lot, like a lot, a lot, um, I don't know, it's like my way of purging and, you know, getting stuff uh, flowing again. Yeah. Which many um, say that you should, you know, do very slow, like yin practices. And I fully agree with that, like during my first couple of days, but then after I just want to like run a marathon, like it's insane how much energy I've had. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like I did like run, uh, I was on my third day, Last Sunday, we ran like 15 kilometers. No fucking problem. No fucking problem. Full flow, full go. Did not want to sit, did not want to wait for my friends who were like behind me. I'm like, day three, killing it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, it's an unba- if I'm unbalanced or something, but that's how my body works. And then sometimes during like my ovulation, I just want to like do yin yoga. Hey. So, hey. The practice though, isn't it? I'm the same way it's. I know that there are certain things that they say you should do, but I think as we said at the beginning, it's so much about getting in tune with yourself. And the more that you can drop into your body and your experience, the more you're able to know that like, okay, this, and it could be different every single cycle. Like there's no set pattern. All it is is like a conscious check-in like day to day, moment to moment, like, okay, I know that this is where I am in my cycle. And more knowing where you are in your cycle is to know the the patterns that come up. But yeah, for my, I wouldn't say necessarily, yeah, I don't have any specific practices. I would say, yeah, probably day one, day two, I don't do much um, on my cycle. I more just want to like lay on the couch and like eat some food and watch the TV and, you know, be in that space. And, and I allow that. And yeah, I usually am creating more free movement during my, during my bleed and the, the moments around it. Like I just want to like be really like a bit sensual and uh, flowy. And then by the time that I kind of come up towards ovulation, I, I do, I do want more intensity. And then during my, 
yeah, premenstrual is all over the place. Sometimes I want intensity. Sometimes I want chill. It's so much about knowing yourself, isn't it? Yeah. And as you said, it's like, it can be so different each cycle and it is a cycle. And um, I loved how you put it, like, what did you say? Um, <laughs> the the daily check-ins and um, when we start to follow, we have an opportunity to get to know our patterns and then we can start to work with them more. But then, you know, some cycles it can swap and change completely and that's fully okay. Um, but yeah, do you have any, any maybe tips? Because I feel like it can be hard sometimes to know where and how to start, uh, to live more of a cyclic living. Um, how do you usually introduce this to your, to your new clients and, um, people you work with? Yeah. Um, so my number one tip to get into it is, is to start checking in every single day. And so if you don't currently know where you are in your cycle, you can find the new moon and kind of count from there. And then at the start of your next bleed, it will be day one. Um, if you do know where you are in your cycle, you know, you can write down day 12, day whatever, and just start consciously writing, okay, today is day today is day nine for me and and you write okay day nine i feel this way it could be one sentence about how you feel you might have a few more words to say you might have a specific like you know maybe during your premenstrual you're like i just can't deal with absolutely anything like you know a friend asked me for a glass of water and i blew up on her or something just anything that <laughs> anything that like encapsulates how you truly truly feel that day And then over time, you start to build kind of this diary or this like dictionary of, of how you feel in certain days, certain seasons, certain times. And that's just the best way to start. And then from there, once you've got some information that came from your own body, not from a book, um, that's kind of where you can start realizing how you can work in tune with your cycle and then from there you can maybe schedule a month ahead like oh during these three days i'm going to be bleeding so i'm not going to plan something side note as well if your cycle is like super irregular i feel you mine is as well um you can still practice this 100 it doesn't One cycle could be 25 days, one could be 40 days, but you can still just write day one, day two, day three, however long it is, and just start to become aware of any, any patterns. Yeah. And um, what about uh, women who are not bleeding? Do you have any, any tips for them? Because I know that this is sometimes something that women experience and it can be really, you know, you can feel really lonely in it also. Definitely. Um, first with the tracking, I mean, as women, as humans, but as women specifically, we do run on a monthly cycle. And even if you're not bleeding, you can always follow the moon, which is a really great way to just start to drop into that cyclical living. And, you know, for whatever reason that you're not bleeding, that's a really good way just to start to tune in to your body on the day to day moment-to-moment -moment changes that are happening. Um, 
And also like chat with your friends about it. I think that's like the biggest thing is like open up the conversation because it shouldn't be something that we're ashamed of. Like with so many of my friends will message like, oh God, today, day 17, oh, dropping deep into the, into the premenstrual or whatever. And I just think that that, that is the greatest way to open up conversation and make yourself feel like a part of something because bleeding or not bleeding, like you are like part of like the woman pack, you know, just like, and we've got to be there for each other. And that's the best way we can do so. And through that you build community and you build those like towers of support whenever you're maybe in a phase where you need more support and your friend is maybe in a phase where she doesn't need as much. And there's like this give and take, um, which makes it also easier to start to live in tune with your cycle. So the more you can get people in, in your basket, in your basket. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Come to my basket. It's all about finding those, like the right people though, because some friends might not be as, you know, open as you are yeah so um i definitely recommend everyone to go ahead and check out Haley, um either on instagram being Haley withers right yeah. so that um you know she's amazing to connect with if you feel a little bit lonely in your cyclic living so you can go ahead and dm all the gory details i love have like beautiful beautiful women also to connect with uh through your pack and so forth if someone is interested to join in the next round yeah oh i'm sorry hey hey (laughs) well dogs are my favorite animals so But thank you so much for this wisdom. Is there anything else like um, maybe food-wise you want to add um, into the cycle? Do you have any anything specific you follow? Or have, have you noticed how you tend to eat during specific phases and so forth? Yeah. Um, as with everything, I'm really, really massive on like intuition and really intuitive everything that you do like always returning to the body and like your innate knowledge and not not outsourcing your power too much to books and to other people because because you just don't need to but food wise for me definitely as you said earlier like premenstrual eat all the things and maybe this isn't the greatest advice but i think also give yourself grace in it like if you want to go eat like a whole bag of jelly snakes and a bag of crisp and a bag of chocolate, like, it's one day do it i mean if that's really what you're craving like obviously you do need to sometimes check in and be like am i running away but you know there's there's these kinds of things as well but sometimes you just want all the bad food and it's okay <laughs> here's your permission slip like go buy that chocolate bar But then once I start to plead, I calm down quite a lot. Um, I do typically want like warmer, like cozier, like hearty foods, but, um, but not like all the shit that I want to eat before. (laughs) And then once I come to like spring and summer, like moving up to ovulation, I'm, I'm a bit spaced out. So it's usually whatever is like really quick and fast and, 
yeah and then i moved back to like chocolate bars and candy so <laughs> actually we have like pretty similar uh experience from my it depends also on like what kind of you know um season we're in like obviously during winter time in finland i will like my my healthier um or more detoxifying foods will still be like stews and lots of potato and not too many salads or smoothie bowls but then during summertime um i do crave more like leafy greens and smoothie bowls and not like heavy dense foods um but yeah fully like 100 like the first day of my cycle when i start to bleed i I just like want to eat healthy again, which is like funny uh, because I was told for many years that you're supposed to eat chocolate when you're on your period. And I'm like, but I don't want the chocolate. I want the chocolate before the period, <laughs> not during. Same, 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 hundred percent. But this is like the beauty of starting to get to know your cycle. And then you can know like, that's right for me. That's not right for me. And I love that you brought in seasons, not the inner seasons, but like the outer seasons, because also, yeah, I do notice we talked about movement a bit earlier, like during winter season, I am a bit slower. Like there's definitely a more like heavy quality to movement. And then as spring comes, like, I'm like, wow, I want to do the things and try the things. And then like by summer, I'm like, I want to sweat. And then out there. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> continue. Yeah, but I mean, basically, and then by autumn, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like slow down. I want to flow again. Get shit together. Yeah. That's <laughs> like me. My, my summer, Julia, is, she's, she, she's like freaking insane like all over everything yeah it's like i can't recognize her right now um, <laughs> because it's like such a shift yeah and then you know autumn you're going back to work and it's like amazing to start to gather all of those pieces back <laughs> into the basket and yeah it's, it's funny how everything is so cyclic. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any any fun things for us uh, on the horizon? Um, I'm currently teaching Zoom yoga classes. I teach about four every week, I think. Yeah, four. Where can um, we find them? If you we can find them on my website, hayleywithers.com. Um, where you can sign up. And if you get onto my email list, you can also get a free class, which is yay, fun. <laughs> and then I will be hosting another round of the Wild Woman Pack, which is really your like go-to place if any of this stuff was anywhere near interested and interesting and you want to know more like this is where you really start to find the people in your basket um you know where you start to really connect with other people who are also on the same path as you um and this and in the pack we do a lot of movement-based stuff and then there's also a lot of work that you can kind of dive into on your own so it's just a really great place to start to reclaim all parts of you and learn to love all parts of you 
So yeah, that's where was this uh, next? Um, when's the gonna? When's the program gonna like the next round gonna start again? Yeah, next round should be starting in probably late April. I haven't got gotten an exact date down, but somewhere around that time. Um, you can also find that information on my website. And yeah, well, I'll, I'll put all the links in the show notes so that people can find you on Instagram and your website. And do you have any other places where you like to connect with your yeah, tribe? Those two. <laughs> no Facebook. Keep it simple. I have a Facebook, but I don't use it. So there's not really like Facebook is dead for me for some reason, which is yeah. weird. Like, I can't, I can't deal with I'm it. still hanging out there. <laughs> okay. Um, I have one more question that we always ask all of our guests and it's, it can be sometimes a, a biggie, so you can take your time with it. Um, but what does self-worth mean to you? Oh my God. <laughs> I love your face. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So funny, actually. Like, this has been like the theme of my last like year, maybe. I think really stepping into self worth. So now defining it should be much easier than it's feeling right now. Um. But I think self-worth is just that. I think it is reclaiming all of you. Like it is fully stepping into the good, the bad, you know, the, the perfect and the imperfect. It's just starting to show up in your fullness and in your authenticity and, and your truth and knowing that exactly where you are is the exact place that you should be and you don't need to know any more or any less that your self-worth is just actually inherent um i guess that's that's it that you are worthy just because you are and and there's nothing else to really say about it <laughs> mm. amen <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. Thank you, Haley, so much for um, for that and for this conversation and your wisdom. And um, I highly recommend you all listeners to go and check her out. She's absolutely one of my favorite persons in the whole world. And I see her and I talk to her way too seldom. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add in before we wrap up? I love you. I love you and I love <laughs> having you here. It's been like on my to-do list forever. So I'm so happy we actually were very like efficient with this and we got it together easily, uh, which doesn't happen with our WhatsApp calls. I think we work much better when we like are like, well, we need to do this now because yeah. the, <laughs> the planning is what gets in the way. Julia and I have two in the flow. We don't have the masculine. We need the masculine container. <laughs> but then it's like, I have it in my mind. I have that like masculine thinker of, you know, I need to find information somewhere else rather than leaning back into that feminine knowing. So it's like, hey, need to find some balance in both sides. <laughs> yeah. 
But thank you, Haley, so much for being here. And thank you to our listeners for tapping into this. And we will circle back to you next week again with a new episode. And we'll see you soon again. Bye and bye, Haley. Bye-bye.